Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Jesus, please. It has power to save. It doesn't expire. It's never the wrong type. It's always the right type. Why don't you put your hands together again for the Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Wow. Lift your hands and let us pray. Father, thanks a million for tonight. Speak to us in the short time that we have together. Bring us to a place where we can be used by you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. How's everybody doing? Wow. Well, Today I want to talk about something concerning you and the church. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Uh, we finished or we've ended the, um, what were we talking about? Not to get into error. Something to do with truth. What was it? Satan's greatest attack, ne? which is deception. We've just decided to put it on pause. If God gives us the chance, we'll come back to it again. Okay, so we can take that as season one. When, when season two comes, we'll come back to it. All right? But today I want to talk to you about the church. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So turn your Bibles with me to Numbers chapter number 11. I want to read a familiar scripture to some of you. And then we will go from there. Numbers 11, we're reading verse 16 and 17. Now, in Numbers 11, Moses was lamenting about how difficult it was to lead God's people. All right? And as he lamented, God also responded to his lamentation. All right? Whenever there's something that is overwhelming us, when we speak to God, he hears and he responds to it. So this is God's speaking. God, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Seventeen. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. Amen. Amen. Now, from this scripture, God was raising other people to stand with Moses in the church that Moses was pastoring. Amen. Amen. He was raising people to be with Moses, people to work with Moses, people to lead with Moses in the church 
that Moses was in charge of or with the people, with God's people. Amen. Now, when you look at this, here, God says that I will take the spirit which is upon thee and I will put it on the servity or I will put it on the people. Hallelujah. God could have said, I will take my spirit and put it upon them. But God did not say so. He said, I will take the spirit that is upon thee. And the thee here is Moses. And I will put it upon your church members. So that they can bear the burden with you. Hallelujah. We would have said, oh, God should take Elijah's anointing. Or God should take even the spirit that is on Jesus. But God, being wiser than you and I, he said, if the people are going to be with Moses, then they need Moses's spirit. Alright? So tonight, I'm talking to you about what it means to catch the spirit of the ministry. Yeah. Let me put it in simple man's terms. What, it, the, what I'm saying is that I'm talking to you about what it means to catch the spirit of the church. Amen. Why is it important to catch the spirit of the church? Because every church has a spirit. Every church has an anointing. Every church has a culture. Every church has a spirit. Now, churches differ based on their spirits. And the spirit of the church is the anointing or the calling that God has put on the minister who God is using for the church. So every church, if you go to um, the church next door, God has a purpose for that church and has given that calling to the pastor of the church. Hence, he has put a particular anointing on the pastor. Now, to be with that pastor in that church, you have to have that anointing, not a different anointing. You can't have the anointing of this church and be in that church. The same way in this church, there's a special purpose, there's a special commission that God has given to the prophet of the church, Bishop Dark Heward Mills. Hence has placed him in this ministry to birth this ministry. So to be in this ministry, you must have the spirit of this ministry. Simple and short. Not the spirit. The spirit that God has put on the minister of this ministry. Now, when you have the spirit of the minister of this ministry, then we say that you have caught the spirit of the ministry. Hallelujah. So, be well assured, I'm not talking about churches in Peter Marysburg. I'm talking about Lighthouse Chapel International. Amen. So, for you to be in Lighthouse Chapel International, it's so important that you catch the spirit of Lighthouse Chapel International. The spirit that is upon the prophet, the founder of the church, it's important that you catch it. Then you can be happy in the church. Many people who are not happy in the church have not taken their time to fully assimilate, imbibe, and accept the spirit that is upon the ministry. Because when you don't, you see, like you go, you, sometimes you visit somebody's house, you are a visitor in the house, and as you are in the house, 
you, because you are a visitor, you don't know how things are done in the house. Can I have your attention, please? I've turned around. Do whatever you want to do. When you finish, call me. Are you done? So stop distracting me. Stop trying to send a message from Gungundluvu to Tofim Vaba. Just, just listen to the word of God. Okay. Say amen. Say another amen. amen. What was I saying before that rude interruption? When you visit somebody's house, there's a way they do things in there. Like if you come to my house, there's a way we do things in my house. One of the things, you ca- if you come to my house, you realize is that we don't eat so many times in my house. No, no. If you are there, I eat four times a day, five times, three times a day is the wrong house. It's, it's the way we you, you eat, then you eat again, then tomorrow will come. <laughs> There's no rule. We have not written it on the wall, but you will see as you are there. You will see because after you've asked for breakfast, you can easily realize that you are the only one who has eaten breakfast. Do you see? Then after some time, you will be asking for lunch when nobody else has eaten in the house. You will begin to feel that, hey, something is wrong. Do you get it? Uh-huh. The same way in the church, there's a way things are done. And those things are done because of the spirit of the ministry. When you don't catch it, you will always find yourself as the odd person or as an oddity in the system. You always find yourself unhappy. You always find yourself acting against what the norms or being in conflict with what is believed, what is accepted, what is done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So as we go through this, have an open mind and an open spirit so that that spirit can be upon you. I'm going to read from the book so that it's not my opinion. It's just what is in the book. And you have a copy. If yours is available, you can open it. And then we all start to read. Somebody say amen. amen. So where is it? Page 61. Where is 61? 60, 61. Okay. So I'm reading. Come along with me. So we've read numbers. Is that not there? Please note or please notice the revelation that God gave Moses. He said, I am going to take the spirit, I'm going to take of the spirit or anointing that is upon you and that same anointing will be transferred to other people. It is only then that they will be able to work with you. It is only then that they will be able to help you. When you don't have the spirit of the house, you can't help. Your good deeds will be destructive to what is happening in the house. Your supposed good deeds. It's only when you have the spirit of the ministry that your deeds will be helpful to the house. Good. I read on. It says, God could have simply given those 70 people an anointing for leadership, but he didn't. God did not give them a general anointing for leadership. Neither did he give them a special anointing for management or wise judgment. He simply gave them Moses' anointing. 
What was the spirit upon Moses? It was a special gift of ministry given to Moses to lead the people. That is what those 70 pastors received. All right? Let me skip for it. There is an, there's an anointing on every ministry. This is why people can start ministries of their own and have only 20 members after 10 years. Were those people, were those people to operate under a certain ministry, they will not only have 20 members, but 1,000. They may have 1,000. I am not saying that don't start anything new on your own. No, far from it. Those who find themselves planted Okay, he says, I am saying that God gives certain gifts to certain men. Those who find themselves planted under such men find themselves doing great things or even greater things than he is doing. Amen. So you see here that Bishop is emphasizing on the fact that God could have given these people some of these great anointings, anointing to raise their dead, anointing to for money, anointing for evangelism, but he chose not to give them any of those things, but to give them the anointing that was upon their pastor. And he says that it is only through that that those people can work with him or through that that those people can help him. When you refuse to catch the spirit of the house, you just bring conflicts. You just bring conflict because the spirit of the house it dictates what is done. People behave in a particular way because of the spirit that is of the house. So when you don't have it, you see that whatever spirit you have may be good, but it will clash with everything that is going on. Because every church is different. Different in their emphasis, different in their beliefs, different in what they are doing. Hallelujah. Now, he says, there's a difference. I read there's a difference. Catching the spirit of the ministry is a little different from catching the anointing. When you join a new church, you will notice that it is different from any other church. This church is different from any other church. Just as the church next door is different from any other church. Understand that Every church is different and has its own culture. Every minister has a, part, a peculiar anointing on his life. This leads to a unique ministry. When you join up with this unique ministry, you must, number one, adapt. Number two, flow. So you must adapt and flow with it. Understand that every church is different. When you join a church, you will have to acclimatize. You have to acclimatize and relearn certain things. Amen. Relearn certain acclimatize and relearn certain things. Tonight we are relearning certain things. Say certain things. Yeah. 
It is the senior pastor's duty to prevent anyone from becoming a minister without adapting fully to the culture of the church. It is the trainee's duty, that is, we the trainees, we the church members. It is our duty to learn, imbibe, observe, and adapt to the spoken and unspoken philosophies of the church. Study the culture, flow with it. Study the culture, flow with it. Study the culture, flow with it. <laughs> Do all you can to fit in. When you fit in, that peculiar anointing will also fit into you and operate through you. It is possible and it is necessary if you want to be fruitful in the context of a particular church. Some of you are already bored with the reading. You can tell, I can already know your grades. <laughs> so it's important that all of us, as members of this ministry, catch the spirit of the ministry. And it's how do you catch? You acclimatize, you imbibe. Imbibe means to take in, you take it in. You adapt, which means to you change. You change the way you are to fit it, and then you flow. Hallelujah. I'm going to take you through eight things that show, or eight areas which you must acclimatize, imbibe, adapt, and flow. Today, these are going to be our main. Repeat after me acclimatize, imbibe, adapt, and flow it. So, eight areas you must acclimatize, imbibe, adapt, flow in. All right? Number one, the vision of the church. The vision of the church. The vision of the church. So, the first thing is the vision of the church. For you to develop in this church, for you to do well in this church, for you to be fruitful in this church, you must acclimatize yourself to the vision of the church. You must imbibe the vision of the church. You must adapt to the vision of the church and you must flow with the vision of the church. I knew one professor in the church. Anything you are, he was a pastor, he was a professor in the church. Anything you ask him. So, how are we going to do? We are flowing. We are flowing. That was his famous. We are flowing. Anything. Elderly man. Professor from the top personnel from the university. Small boys like us. So, at that time, even he was a doctor before he became a professor. We got doctor this. So what? Oh, we are flowing. Even matric. It doesn't come. So let's flow. I said, let's do what? Let's flow. You must flow with the vision of the church. So what is our vision? Let me read it to you. Now, it's also very good that you know these things. So that if you can't flow with it, then already you know that you are in the wrong church. Not that the church is wrong, but you are in the wrong church. Say amen. amen. 
You know, people don't like it when such truths are spoken, but it's actually the reality on the ground. And the earlier you know it, the better. It can't be you have spent 17 years, then in the 18th year you realize that, oh, I'm in the wrong, wrong church. Do you get it? And this is what will make you know whether you are in the right place or not. Do you flow with the Are you ready to acclimatize to the vision? Are you ready to imbibe the vision? Are you ready to relearn the vision? Are you ready to adapt to the vision? Are you ready to flow with the vision? Do, do your hand like that. Flow with the vision. So let me read it. We are flowing. The vision of this house. Generally speaking, the vision of Lighthouse Chapel International is so winning and church planting. Many pastors do not have a vision for soul winning. We have a strong vision for soul winning. If you are not oriented towards the harvest, you will find you will be a misfit in such a church. Our primary vision as a church is to win souls and plant churches. Win souls and plant churches. A pastor asks for me, I'm into soul winning. You have to add planting churches. Because we are not satisfied until we plant churches. Win souls and plant churches. Win souls and plant churches. So all our activities, everything we are doing is towards this goal. Whether it's training, whether it's teaching, whether it's even dancing. is to groom and grow people that we can send to win souls and to plant churches. That is our vision. That's our vision. Our vision is not prosperity. Although we prosper as we go on. Because that's God. That's God. Those who, those, who, those who have a vision for prosperity, they also win souls sometimes. Do you, do you get it? They also win souls sometimes. They also plant churches sometimes. Do you, do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Don't get it. Right. So, pastor is criticizing those who are into... No, I'm saying that for us, on our mission statement, our mission statement is not to interpret prophecies. Our mission statement is to win, win souls and plant churches. Our mission statement is not to make uh, millionaires. Our mission statement is to win souls and plant churches. Our mission statement is not to raise the dead. Our mission statement is to win souls and plant churches. That's it. Although we raise, raise from the dead as well. Do you get it? So, get it and get it right. The vision of the church. That's why we sent somebody to Cinderella. That's why we sent somebody to Mbali. We were driving around Cinderella, Eastwood, that area. Then we saw them. So, who, where is this place? Then they mentioned a nice name, Cinderella. So, somebody must go there. Then later they mentioned and said, Eastwood, somebody must go there. Yeah, Eastwood. Somebody must go to Eastwood. Yeah. So that we can win souls in Eastwood. And one day plant a church in Eastwood. Yeah. So that we can win souls in Cinderella. And one day plant a church in Cinderella. That's it. That's it. That's our vision. 
That's a pastor. I wish that your vision was to make sure that all the church members have cars. No, it's not our vision. Though our church members have cars. And you will also have a car. I continue reading. Today we are just reading. It's a reading service. Everyone is taught and motivated to save the lost and to be involved in practical ministry. That's why we are always encouraging everyone. Become a leader. Become serious. Bring your friend to church. We know you can't preach, but at least bring your friend to church. When you get to the church, you will meet a sister at the door. As she say hello, you are welcome. She will preach to the person for you. So it's like we are doing the work together. Even when you are a baby, baby, you don't know how to do anything. We, are, we will always be present. Invite your neighbors. Invite your friends. Gather them so we can preach to them and save their souls. That's why we motivate everybody. That's why. Hallelujah. I read on. No one is left out, including professionals and businessmen. Nobody is left out, including professionals. It's even easier to work with professionals and, and businessmen. It's easier because it's easier for them to understand simple things. Very easy. You, you try getting a doctor to clean the toilet. And, and as opposed to try getting somebody who has failed matric to clean their toilet, then you, t- you will see which one is more difficult. The first case, he will just say, somebody has to clean the toilet. It's not hygienic for the toilet to be dirty. He will use the signs and clean the place. The second one will start by, uh, so is it because I have not passed matric? That's why they are telling me you see, they don't respect me, eh? Yeah. Let, let, me, let me read on. Charlie, let me read on. Some churches have a vision for prosperity. Others have a vision for dominion over the works of darkness, which is casting out demons. Others also have a vision for deliverance. Have you not seen churches that they are into deliverance? Yeah. We also do deliverance. If you don't believe, let a demon enter into you now and see if we won't cast it out. No, 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 serious. Which You choose the type of demon and then we'll choose the type of shepherd we'll give to you to cast it out. Some, some demons need a strong arm. Some also just need a rebuke. Yeah, do you get it? Uh-huh. So you choose which one and just call me, let me know. We will come and rebuke it. But our vision is to save souls and plant churches. Okay. Number two, the principles of the house. So I'm giving you eight things that you must acclimatize to, imbibe, adapt. And flow it. I said the first one is the vision of the church. The second one is the principles of the church. The principles of Lighthouse Chapel International are principles in the word of God. One of our principles is that everything must be founded on the solid foundation of the Bible. That's why when you hear Bishop preaching, you always say, anything I say that is in, not in the Bible, put it aside, reject it. 
It's a principle we have in the house. We are not following ideas. We are following the word of God. The word of God. A sound teaching of the word of God. If we see it in the Bible, we will do it. If we don't see it in the Bible, we will not do it. That's, that's, that's one of our principles. Let me see if, they, if he makes an example of another one. It is our principle, it's our principle to reject things that are not found family based. Emphasis on the word family based on the word of God. This morning, prophet was reading the scripture. Timothy said, for thy so much sake, drink a little wine. Then you start drinking wine. They say, it's not family based. And even here, it says, drink a little wine. You are drinking a whole bottle. <laughs> ah! It says, drink a little wine. You are drinking the whole gallon. <laughs> and for Timothy, he has stomach problems. And you don't have stomach problems. <laughs> we have... We have principles of loyalty. Now, when something is a principle, it means you don't compromise on it. You work against it, to work against you. You work for it, it to work for you. When something is a, is a principle. So we don't compromise on it. You can be the goodest person in the world. Emphasis on the word goodest. If you break the loyalty principles, it will break you. Yeah, you can be the best person. Every, everybody loves you. Everybody is saying nice things about if you. If you, if you go against the loyalty principles, we will take you on. We don't have to take you on even brand new. All our ammunitions and weapons are pointing against it already. Do you get It's not like... When we saw you, then we redirect. No, no, no. Our weapons are pointing there already. So once you break it, you, you, you just get into the line of fire. And we are always shooting. We are trigger happy. So if you pass there, by all means, something will hit you. Are, are you coming along? It's like we are pointing and we are, we are always shooting. So if you pass there, the poor can be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be a boom. Look, recently, the prophet was telling me something. He said, he said to me that, Daniel, it's better to have 20 loyal people than 500 disgruntled people. He said it to me, me, Daniel Harley, not my brother, me. He said, it's better to have 20 loyal people than 500, 1,000 disgruntled people always complaining and murmuring all around. Yeah. We don't compromise on it. Look, there are things that you do, we will forgive you. We will even come and help you out. But if you break this principle, that one, you have broken the principle. An example is like the, 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 the law of gravity. If you break it, 
You can pray in tongues. You can do everything. But you will fall. That's actually how it is. Sometimes you only learn after you are falling. It's our principle. And if this is where you are, you have to accept it. Acclimatize, imbibe, adapt. Next one, next one. People who break these principles cannot fit into our ministry. Cannot fit into our ministry. There will be churches where they don't really mind. They let this. I'm preaching churches where you see this loyal elements. They are just moving the church freely. Freely. I preached in a church, I think, two years ago. When I was preaching in the church, something happened in the church. And I, I like, when I was preaching. I think when I was preaching, somebody tried to sing. I said, hey, please, don't sing. When I, when I go, you will get a chance to sing. As I'm preaching, I'm, a, I'm a visiting preacher. They brought me to come and preach. I have only a short time to preach. When I'm preaching, you want to use some of my preaching time to sing your song. Not that in the beginning, you know. In the, like the way I'm preaching when I've reached here, you know. Then the person answered, I said, oh, sister, please. I'm not ready. If I need you to sing a song, I'll tell you. Now. And that's my favorite song. Now. When, when, when I stopped the sister, there was a certain facial expression when I stopped there. Yeah, I saw. But I continued preaching. After, I told one pastor that, watch this person. Less than six months, she broke away with part of the church. In fact, from the time I preached up to now, the church has broken twice. Like, somebody split the church. Then, what was left? Somebody came to split it again. Not somebody from outside. The people who were there. Yeah. (laughs) I am loyal to my pastors. And I expect them to be loyal to me. We believe in principled leadership where everyone can climb to the highest position in ministry. One of the things we believe is everybody in the church can go to the highest position in the ministry. The sky is actually the limit. If you are here, you want to be the bishop here, you have a chance to be a bishop. You have a chance. You just climb. You just do what you have to do. We believe it. Not that some select few, only the guys from Harwick can become pastors in the church. No. Everybody has a chance to rise up in the church. It's one of our principles. Leadership. Principled leader. Or the pastor's friends. No. And of course, everybody must be the pastor's friend. I mean, how? Anyway, let's go on. It's for another day. Number three. The philosophies of the house. Today is a strong preaching. And we are looking at, we are reading the thing. Next week you will come for happy preaching. The one you jump and clap next week. Philosophies of the church refer to the things we believe in. The things we believe in. 
The philosophy of a house refers to the general trend of thinking, the way we think. Our church believes that lay people must do the work of a ministry. We believe that the educated can do the work of the ministry. It's one of our philosophies. That educated people can do the work of the ministry. Lay people, you, you are in school, then you are, doing, you, are, you are busy in the church working. You are at your work, you are an accountant at the museum, then you are busy in the church working. We believe it. It's one of our philosophies. You go to some churches, the higher you are in terms of your school work or education or qualification, the more you are kept away from the work. So if something must be done in the church, they will never call upon the professional. The professionals, all their job is to give money. For us, it's the other way. Everybody must exert themselves in the ministry. So if you are in this church, it means you are going to exert yourself in the ministry. In the ministry. We believe that church buildings are very important to establishment of churches. This church used to move around like a taxi. It used to move around like it has an app, like Uber. The church will grow, then it will go down. The church will grow just when it's about to work here. Then the church has to move to another place. There's, and if you, I've moved a church before. One, one of the times I moved a church, the last service I had before I moved the church, weekday service, there were 222 people present at the weekday service. Then I moved the church. Come and see magic. I said, come and see magic when I moved the church from one place to another. <laughs> and you know, you, you know the way weekday service is. Yeah, about a portion of the church council weekday service. You move the church, you see the church and say, hey, this guy. Even one day I moved the church. I moved the church twice. Then I met, somebody met another guy then. Oh, the church has moved. Then the person said, why did, why did Pastor Daniel move the church without telling me? Move the church without telling me. So when I was told, I was wondering, I said, ah, but I've moved the church two times already since the last time you came to church. Now I've moved it even closer to your house. <laughs> you are complaining. <laughs> Look, first the church was that from your house. Then I move it further. Then I move it back to your area. Say, why has he moved the church two times without telling me? So anytime you move the church, you lose people. Anytime you move the church, you lose people. So this church was moving from drop to drop, drop to drop. Each time we move, we lose people. Each time we we lose people. Just when the thing is working, then we have to move again. Then we lose people. But when we got to this place, there's no more movement. We are no good. This is where we are. We are not changing the venue. We are not changing the name of the church. We are not bringing transport to come and fetch people to another venue. This is venue. This is where we are. Then the church comes. We believe that it establishes a church. It's our philosophy. So we take offerings for it. We take, we take special offerings. We help people build. Right now, as I'm talking to you, we are building in Jemistin. We are building in Malawi. Yeah, we are building. In all the, we, are, we, we bought a land in Swaziland. We are paying for it. As a church. 
Why? So that the church can be established. It's our philosophy. It's what we think. That's how we think. So everybody should be thinking church building. Yeah. Today we have a church in Sweetwaters with church members, no building. One day we will have a building in Sweetwaters. It's what we think. It's our philosophy. It's part of our, philo- it's part of our mission statement that we will have a building there one day. So when you see Bishop on floor raising funds, um, community chapels, cathedrals, Sweetwaters is part of the churches that he's raising, trying to build. It's also part of it. It's also part of it. All our single churches. If one day we're church in Cinderella, it's our vision to one day have a building there. Yeah, that's it. You see churches, they, it's not, they, they are not trying to build. They are trying to do something else. So you see, they are in a tent. I, I, met, I met a pastor. He told me I bought a 5,000-seater tent. A tent that can sit 5,000 people. Five, can you imagine how much it cost? 5,000 people in the tent. He said one day I was there when the wind took the tent away. The wind carried the tent away. I remember another pastor, he had a tent. Look, when he got a tent, I didn't have a tent. He was so excited. He was encouraging me to get a tent. I said, no, tent, no. One day I was sitting in my house when he called me. When he called, no, he called me Monday morning. I was there. I was at his church Saturday. Saturday I was at his church. Monday morning he called me. I was at the church with the tent. I, I said, wow. And he showed me, you see, the way we have built a wall here and a wall here, the tent is stable, everything. I said, wow. As I was going back to my church, I was saying to myself, Wee, maybe I should have taken the tent too. Maybe the tent is a good idea. No problem. He had a special program. Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, the wind took the tent. The wind went under the tent. And span the tent around like that, zoom, zoom, zoom. Then the wind lifted the tent and put the tent on Escom. You see, Escom's high tension pole. The wind packed the tent on it like that perfectly. He called me Monday. He said he was at home when Escom called him. Has Escom called you before? Even when you owe electricity, Escom doesn't call you. They all disconnect you. He said, I was told when Escom called me. What is the problem? They said, come and remove your tent from our pole. So at the time he was talking to me, he was moving around town, thinking of how to remove, to start it, how to climb on the Escom pole and go and remove his tent. Come and take your church from our power supply. <laughs> hey! And the whole, the worst thing was that I think part of the CBD, it had turned off the electricity. Yeah. So we, because we don't want this, we don't want to be doing church and one day a principal decides, okay, I won't let you do church again. Then the church is over. So we'll build a church building. I've had a church on a soccer field before. Soccer field. From 222 weekday service to a soccer field. 
my next, the next church service I had from that weekday service, it was on the center. I mean, where they kicked the ball, they, then you kick to your neighbor, then we start. That's where I was doing the church. No, nothing. Open, open air church. Ha. Sure. That's where you see your church members come one. They say, hey, this church is very cold, though. They won't come again. <laughs> Whilst you are preaching, then the wind will carry dust. So you are making a... In the name of Jesus, then you open your mouth, then you need to put the... Down. As you are preaching, I'm going to do That's why church buildings are important. This is why we believe in every church must have a church building. Yeah. Number four. Number four. The standards of the church. I said you must imbibe the visions of the church, the principles of the church, the philosophies of the church, and also the standards of the church. At church, we have standards. We have standards. In our church, we expect people to be faithful to their marriage partners. You can't be in the church and have a side chick meanwhile you are married. We don't accept it. Say amen. We expect people to be faithful to their partners. It's our standard. If you go against it, we will go against you. Yeah. Can you imagine? Don't imagine. <laughs> we expect ministers to lead honest lives and to have financial and moral integrity. We don't expect our leaders, church leaders, you have borrowed money from this person. You have, this person was sitting by you during the service. Now as she gets home, she cannot find something in her bag. And as she traces, ah, my bag, was it on my right or on my left? And then who was on my, it was on my left. Who was on my left? Hey, did he, did he, when? I don't know. No. That by the time we read, I look. We, we, I, 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 once upon a time, I had a certain girl. Working for me. And as she was working for me. All the parents we had to deal with, she has borrowed money from all of them. She will go to their houses and spin a story and take some. So when she's in church, you can be standing with her now. Then suddenly she has disappeared. I, I don't know if you are like, come, come, come. You again. Come. So like we are talking. Yeah, how is your mother? Then blink your eye. You see, by the time you open, she's not here. She has disappeared like magic. When you lift your seat, oh, somebody has just entered the church from here. That's why she has disappeared. She owes the person. <laughs> yeah. She owes everybody. Take his spin stories. Some stories even with my name. Yeah, I mean, if you are sitting at Omunati and somebody to tell you that, uh, Bishop says that please give me a thousand rands to bring to you. You give the person. I mean, most of you, not all of you, but I mean, I mean. <laughs> but seriously speaking, if I need money from you, I know your number, I'll call you. I'm not likely to send somebody to you. 
I mean, like I've sent it. No, I'll call you myself. Or I'll send somebody to you anyway. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Even somebody went to tell another person, I am the, I'm the pastor's brother. Yeah. Look, the lady gave her accommodation, had a flat at the back of her house, put him there, everything. My brother. Then I found out later, I traveled. When I came back, then I found out. I, I said, your brother is living in my house. And I'm wondering if my brother comes where I am. Is my house not the first place he will live at? And I'm like, oh, I just traveled for three weeks. I got a brother already. So I asked the lady, who's, who's my brother? So that guy, I said, look, there's no that one in my family. In my family, all of us are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, let me be honest. There's no that, no. No. How can he? I said, me. I don't have a brother. I said, I know where my brother lives. This is not my brother. So, so I sent some guys there to go and bring the brother. Who claims to be my brother? Oh. Next one, next one. Say amen. amen. Say another amen. amen. The standards. Lowering the standards in any church will lead to the gradual and complete deviation from the original vision of the church. Number next one. I have some 10 minutes. Let me finish. The doctrines of the church. The doctrines of the church. A doctrine is a set of teachings in a church. The doctrines of a church. It's a set of teachings from the word of God. As a church, we have doctrines. We have doctrines. One of our major doctrines is loyalty and disloyalty. It's not the only doctrine we have, but it's our major doctrine. You must acclimatize to it. You must imbibe it. You must adapt to it. And you must flow with it. I mean, when you go to McDonald's, one of their main things they make is a beggar. If you can't understand how beggar is made, you can't work at McDonald's. You don't like it when they make beggar, you can't work at McDonald's. You can't. And as for me, I like, I just like to do chicken fold over, chicken fold over, and then chicken strips. Um, what are some of the McDonald's chicken? Chicken nugget. Yes, chicken nugget is good. But we know that as for McDonald's, it's the Big Mac. Then quarter pounder with cheese. Those type of things. My wife used to work at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work at Burger King. Mm-hmm. No, we've had so before. <laughs> so you don't like beggar? You don't want to make beggar? You are in the, you are, you are, you are in the wrong place. That's what I mean. I just want to make chicken. You have to go to Nando's. Or Honchos. There you make chicken and chips. Chicken and chips. Extra hot peri-peri. Uh, uh, mild, medium, extra large. You make it. Yeah. Cut into four or cut eight. Uh-huh. Or cut into two. Yeah. But McDonald's, 
you have to be a specialist at making beggar. The same way that beggar is our loyalty doctrine. It's our loyalty doctrine. If you can't understand it, look, you are going nowhere in the church. Let me be honest with you. If you can't imbibe it, oh, please, stop kidding yourself. You can't. Then you can't. It's sad to say, but that's the truth. You can't make you, when we say make a beggar, by the time you realize you have taken two parties, then you have put the bread in the middle. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, Wena. Then you sprinkle the lettuce on it. With a tomato lying on top. With a cheese at the top. Then so, but all the ingredients are there. Hey. They will tell you it's not a Big Mac. The Big Mac, when the people eat, when they take a bite, they say, Para, pa, 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 I'm loving it. What you have made? Mm. Yeah. That is how the, the loyalty teaching is to us. If you can't understand, so if you are here, you should take the pain to understand it. Take the pain to adapt to it. Take the pain to adapt to it. We have taught so many times. We teach it every year. We don't teach it because there's a problem. Or we don't teach it because there's no problem. We teach it all the time. All the time. There's a type of food in your house you eat all the time. Whether you you have been paid or you have not been paid. Yeah. Yeah. One day I was with a brother. He said to me that he wished he could grow meat. The way you plant cabbage. Uh, he wished he could plant. Oh, why are you guys pointing at somebody? He wished he could plant meat. So that the meat will grow. Yeah, obvious. <laughs> it's the philosophy of the family. <laughs> So that in the morning you go to the garden, then you see that, oh, the spare rib has grown. Then you take it out. Yeah. That's how important the loyalty message is to us. It's our doctrine. We have many doctrines. But if you want to look at the primary doctrine, this is the doctrine. And I always say that, those of you who are pastors and leaders, you are actually custodians of this message. Stewards. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So you are the stewards. We are the stewards. We are the custodians. It means we have custody of it. Custody of it. So we, they call it the custodians of it. Now when you can, you the person who's supposed to have custody of it. You don't understand it. You don't believe it. You don't accept it. You don't adapt to it. You don't flow with it. Who are you going to? The people under you, what are you going to teach them? You are going to teach them an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The law of Moses. Yeah. What are you going to teach them? What's your name again? Mobile. What are you going to teach them? 
when you don't want to flow with the teacher, what are you going to teach them? Several? Do you speak French? Okay. Yeah. Senepa. <laughs> yeah. Look, you have to, Musa, you have to get it. If you can't get it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like we are playing a circus. It's like we are playing a circus. Because we are making you, it's like the beggar. We are bringing you to come and make beggar. But you don't want to understand how a beggar is made. Beef beggar, chicken beggar. You don't want to understand how it is made. We cannot bring you to come and make the beggar. Because by the time you can be a cleaner. I mean, when I used to work at Beggar King, I was making beggar. We had people who were cleaning. They were cleaning sweeping. They are not some major people. Then you make beggar now after then you go to the front then you are becoming a boss. Yeah. The closer you are to the back nothing. If you are getting to the front you are becoming a boss. Yeah. Make the beggar. Do this. Do this one. Do. We have various ways. You see that. Oh. It's almost time for us to knock off. It's becoming slow. Then you make more parties. Or it's getting to lunch time. Then you make more parties. So when it's lunch time, it's like, hey, and we don't want the thing to be beyond a certain time. It has to be sold. Or else it will be thrown away. So then, hey, you know that God is working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God is working. He's up to something. Yeah, you make the type of party you like. Yeah, yeah. Somebody just makes one order that you throw in six. <laughs> well, you know that. Look, we just have five minutes. If it's that person we are serving, it's fortunate we are serving him. Yeah. So when you are going home, you are singing songs. Then you are eating your beggar like that. <laughs> and thanking God. Yeah. That's how the loyalty message is to us. So you, are, you always have a revelation on loyalty. You are reading Genesis, you see a revelation on loyalty. You are reading Exodus, you see a revelation. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, you see it all there. That's how it is to us. It's not only in Corinthians that you see it at. A car passes, you see loyalty passing. Yeah. 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 You see one sign, you say, hmm. Like I saw the facial expression. A leader who is reactionary to correction. I remember the story I told you of the church that I preached at. Reactionary to correct. As soon as I saw the sign, I told our pastor that, watch this lady. She will cause a mess in this church. Yeah. When I left, less than six months. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. See one sign. Say, hey, there's a snake here. That's it. So if you will not accept it, 
and we check. I don't want to even use this window, but we, we watch out. We see. We see. So we say, oh, you are, you are rising in leadership. We watch you over these things carefully. Carefully. We watch what you say, what you do. We watch it carefully. It reveals to us whether you have accepted our doctrine or not. Let me finish. There are two more. I finish in two minutes. The next one is the procedures of the church of the house. We are talking about how to catch the spirit of this house. The procedures. The procedures refer to the way we do our things. The way we do things in the church. If you join the church, how you can become a pastor or even how to join the church. Come into the church, you get born again, you go to foundation class which we call New Believer School. You finish New Believer School, you join a basanta in the church, you rise gradually, you become a shepherd, you keep working, you write the various exams that we write, we go through various, you pass the exam, not just write, you write and pass. We monitor you over a period of time, over many, many different things. One of which is your loyalty. Another one is your faithfulness to the, the things we do in the church. Your involvement in the way. We monitor you over all these things. Then we say, okay, now you can be a pastor. That's it. It's the way we do things. In this church, we take two offerings. First offering, second offering. It's the way we do things. You go to another church, they take six offerings. You go to another church, they take one offering. It's all their style. We, this is how we do things in the church. One of our procedures is that every leader in the church pays tithe. You can't be a pastor in the church. You don't pay tithe. Your money is not in the business. Yet you want to have a position in the business. No. Do you know that if you work at a law firm and they make you a senior partner, you pay You pay acceptance money. You buy into the franchise. For your name to be on the wall. Yeah, maybe the place is called Glamini and Zuma. That is Mininox and Spa. <laughs> Glamini and Zuma. Do you see? Yes. Then we make Unati a partner. She wants to add a, 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 a insurance to it. She has to pay, buy into the franchise. Then it becomes Glamini, Zuma and Inshona. Attorneys or associates and associates. Yeah. You buy into it. So you don't want to pay your tithe. You want to be a leader in the church. It's not that we don't accept it. We do not accept it. It's the way we do things. Number next one, I close. I still have five seconds, four seconds now, three seconds now. Emphasis is the seventh one. Number one is what? Visions. Number two, principles. Number three, philosophies. Number four, standards. Number five, number six, number seven, emphasis. The emphasis refers to the things we, we, we stress on. The things we stress on. In this church, we stress on soul winning. We stress on it. We stress on soul winning. We stress on growing the church. Stress on build. These are the things we stress on the word of God. That's what we stress on. That's our teaching. 
basic teaching, we stress on it. We talk about many, 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 many things. But this is what we lay emphasis on. I'm going to teach you about seven foundations you must have. That's why I started something on Sunday. The message started from foundations. I'm actually preparing it. That's why. One of the foundations is the foundation of the word of God. The word of God. Strong foundation. When you stand on the word of God, nobody can bamboozle you with some small, small scriptures. Yeah. And then number eight, the anointing of the house. The anointing of the house. These are eight things that you must, number one, acclimatize to. Number two. Number three. Adapt. I said adapt means what? Change. Acclimatize means become used to. Become used to. That's acclimatize. Become used to. Imbibe is to take in. Adapt is to change to it. See, sometimes maybe, maybe the way you are, it doesn't work with it. It doesn't work with it, so you change to it. Then, number four is my favorite one. Flow with it. Will you begin to flow with the doctrines of the house, the visions of the house, the emphasis of the house, the philosophies of the house, the procedures of the house, the doctrines of the house? Will you flow with them? And finally, the anointing of the house. Will you flow with it? There's an anointing upon this house. There's an anointing upon Bishop Dagiwa Mills to build churches, to plant churches. There's an anointing on him for church growth. There's an anointing on him to raise pastors. There's an anointing on him to get people to work for the Lord. That's the anointing that is upon this ministry. And that's what I'm talking about. You have to catch it also so that it becomes part of your life. I pray that everybody hearing me tonight will acclimatize, vibe, adapt, and flow with the spirit that is upon this ministry. Stand to your feet and let's pray. For a minute or two, I just want you to pray for yourself. You have heard God's word. Pray for yourself right now that God, give me the strength. Give me the strength to obey. Yes, Give me the strength, strength to catch to the spirit of this ministry. Catch the spirit, Lord. Give me the strength, O oh God. Give me the strength, O God. Give me the strength. Help me. Help me. Areas that I struggle. Help me to overcome it. Help me to overcome. 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 Help me, O God, to overcome. Help me to overcome. Help me to overcome. Sopa le sopa kalaba. Ripo sikoli bakato saya. Lempaloba kalamama. Branto basi kembo sipaka. Ripo laba. Help me, help me. Where I have gone astray, bring me onto the right path. Bring me onto the right path. Bring me onto the straight and narrow. Bring me onto the right path, O God. Help me, O God. Help me, O God. Help me, O God. Lempaloba. Brando lobo. Skepaloba. 
Remo sipa le palaba branda la bababa. Help me, Lord. Help me, O God. Help me, dear Lord. Help me, dear Lord. Lemba daba, lemba daba, lemba daba. Brondi brebe, brondi brebe. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Wherever you are, wherever you are, pray right now and ask the Lord to help. Ask the Lord to help. Ask the Lord to help you. God will help us. God will help us. Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power to become my disciples. To become my witnesses. To become my followers. Pray right now for yourself. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me, O God. My God, my God, my God, help me, O 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 God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands wherever you are. Let's pray, Father. Behold every hand that is lifted. Help us. Help us. To catch the spirit oh, yes. that you have placed upon your servant yes, Lord. for this ministry in the name of Jesus. Anything that stands in our way, Lord, help us to overcome. Help us to overcome, help us to overcome it, Lord. To overcome. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Whatever challenge, personal challenges, challenges of understanding, challenges of wisdom, challenges of strength, even challenges with our flesh, help us by your spirit to overcome. That will press on in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Pray this prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Wow, you may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.